The Velvet Underground and Nika was perhaps one of the most famous and most influential albums of all time. Andy Warhol's... How is that pronunciation, Alex? Where are we on that? <laughs> well, uh, well, I think it's it's um it's like hull as in as in hulls. Hulls, yeah. Yeah. A- Andy Warhol's house band created an album so ahead of its time that it was a critical flop on arrival. It sold only thirty thousand copies in its first five years, but as Brian Eno famously said, everyone who bought one of those thirty thousand copies started a band. A majority of the tracks were recorded in a four-day period in 1966 at a rundown Manhattan studio. The chaotic, strained musical arrangements of John Cale permeate the album and mix seamlessly with Lou Reed's gritty poetry covering topics from drug abuse and prostitution to sadomasochism and sexual deviancy. Amongst all of this album's cacophony and darkness is what Mark Deming of All Music describes as, quote, an underrated love song. Reed wrote the song for Nico, the German singer and model, who inspired the lyrics by saying what would become the title line to Reed after a show he performed in 1965. The track proved difficult to record and almost never saw the light of day. Uh, Velvet Underground guitarist Sterling Morrison described the ordeal in an interview. Quote, She kept singing the song in her strident voice. Dissatisfied, we kept making her do it over and over again until she broke down and burst into tears. At this point, we said, oh, just try it one more time and then fuck it. If it doesn't work this time, we're not going to do the song. Nico sat down and did it exactly right. The song was released as the B-side for All Tomorrow's Parties, another song featuring Nico as the lead vocalist. In 1966, a year before the album's release, it did not chart. That's right. We're talking I'll Be Your Mirror by The Velvet Underground and Nico on Lover Me. I be your mirror, reflect what you are. You don't know. I be the wind, the rain, and the sunset. Light on your door to show that you're home. That's right. It's a Lover Me, the only podcast that talks about famous love songs and their many cover versions and compares them against one another to find out which one reflects what you are. I'm your host, as always, Jake Cressy, joined by the co host who has seen your mind, Alex Mildenberger. Mind freak. <sighs> Alex Mildenberger, how you doing? Oh, I'm doing all right. Um, not not doing much. It is Valentine's Day. It is. Um, this is I don't think our Valentine's Day episode exactly, but it is Valentine's no, Day today. This will be the the ender of of Love or Me. So we're right at the end of the month. Yeah. So um, so I've got nothing going on. You doing anything for Valentine's Day? Taking it easy. Taking it sleazy. No, this is it, Alex. I'm spending the day with you, oh, my right one on. true love. Ah, be my Valentine. I will be my funny Valentine. Um, <laughs> yeah, dog. We're talking about the Velvet Underground for the first time officially on this podcast. Yes. This well, I mean, it it, they've wax. come up, but yeah. So uh, we've come up, but and we've we've done an episode on Sweet Jane that never saw the light of day or night. Oh, no lights. Nope. It's de- it, it had it had uh, audio issues. I think. Yeah, it just sounds like there's a train basically running through it at all times. Yeah, and and we we care too much about audio quality, and not yeah. giving people headaches directly. Definitely don't listen to our witchy woman episode, but we definitely <laughs> care about audio quality. <laughs> And we will I continue think I to fix do that it. episode. I don't remember, but yeah, Alex, the Velvet Underground. Yeah, one of my favorite bands. 
one of David Bowie's favorite bands. Yeah. What about you, Alex? Um, I also cool like guy? the Velvet Underground. I, I feel like it's hard not to. I I don't know exactly what like if you delve into rock and roll the I way the way I did the way we did. Um, the Velvet Underground is bound to come up eventually. Someone's gonna right. mention them and talk about them being very influential, and that was like what I heard, but didn't actually hear any of their songs for probably another while after that and then finally went and looked for the album the velvet underground and nico which i was trying to figure out if it was the right one because i was like who's this nico what (laughs) i thought the velvet underground were the influential ones but this is the one the i mean there's other velvet underground albums but this is like and one called the The velvet underground which doesn't make it any easier So, yes, that that banana, the album artwork is a banana painted by Andy Warhol, yeah. is the look of Originally the album. A, a sticker. Did you know that? it's The original album had it. It was a sticker, and you pulled it off, and then there's the, the unsheathed banana beneath it. Oh, I think I've seen the picture of the unsheathed banana. Yeah. Um, but didn't really realize that that's what was going on. thought maybe it was like the inside or the back. Yeah, I think if you get like a CD, that's how they do it, is it's like under the CD, and you... Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's that's and now so if you get a if you find a copy of the original vinyl, it's like a million dollars or something, probably you know some exorbitant price because it's got the sticker. Right, and then yeah. like listening to it, I probably couldn't at the time think of like what the influence would be, but you know you keep that in mind, and it's it's a good collection of music songs, yeah. Song music. It's uh, it's not a bad track on here. Some a little more more dense, perhaps more hard to listen to. Uh, but yeah, it's a, this is a phenomenal album and definitely one of my all time favorites. Number 13 on the Rolling Stones, 500 greatest albums of all time list. Yep. Deservedly high. Yeah. At least the 2003 one. I forget if they did a new version of the, the 500 albums. Who even knows? Who knows? Who can say where the wind goes? Uh, but we're talking about one that, that almost slipped my mind, despite the fact that I, I also really love this song. I'll be your mirror. Uh, sort of under like like the the critic said an understated love song. It's almost out of place in this album, except for it it has a similar tone to Sunday Morning, I suppose. Yeah, it's definitely one of the more pleasant ones. There's like, especially compared to like Heroin, which is like one or maybe two chords. Like it's very, con- and then like starts to get very like droney and and you get the the like lots of feedback and stuff some of them can be very harsh or like the black angels death song which has like a very consistent like violin part that is Mm -hmm. very like cutting and then some of the other ones that are about like buying drugs or like going to parties and not knowing and like constantly having to second guess yourself and feeling um um like not confident about everything and yeah this it's like very it feels much nicer than the others a lot of the other songs mm-hmm. it's a it's a real treat i would say both both lyrically and uh and musically let's let's talk about those lyrics alex yeah let's do that so uh verse one begins i'll be your mirror reflect what you are in case you don't know that's 
That's great. I love that line. So apparently Nico actually said to Lou Reed after some show in 1965, she said, oh, Lou, I'll be your mirror. I don't know what the context of her saying that was, but that's what inspired the rest of this. Yeah, it's it's an interesting line because it uh, it's one of those, it, it feels like it should be like an idiom, and it is idiomatic. But, like, mm-hmm. it's not an actual idiom, at least not in English. And I have to wonder if it's either a German phrase, because Nico is German, mm-hmm. or, like, a weird just way of her approaching English because it, she, you know, is maybe more used to speaking German. Yeah. It, yeah, it just sounds like it should be something that's used quite frequently, right? But this is the only case of it I'm aware of. And yeah, you may be right. It may be some sort of beautiful translation issue. Uh, yeah, I'll be your mirror. Reflect what you are in case you don't know. So if you don't know who you are as a person, I look to me and I, I can show you. Um, the second part of that being, I'll be the wind, the rain, and the sunset, the light on your door to show that you're home. Now, the light on your door to show that you're home makes sense to me. It's, you know, I'll be this comforting presence that lets you know you're okay. But as for the wind, the rain, and the sunset, I'm a little less clear. Yeah, I don't know. But I agree. Like, the light on the door, part of that, perhaps, they talk about, like, the light being on, but no one's home kind of thing. Like, mm. help you maintain your sanity. As for the wind, the rain, and the sunset, kind of just sounds, like, poetic. Like, I, I don't know and exactly. And also, some, like, elemental in, things. in combination, these things might drive you home, right? It's windy out, it's raining, and the sun's going down. Like, I, so, like your reason for going home at the end of the day kind of thing? Yeah, so and I will So I'll be your reason for coming home. I'll be also the light on the inside. It's, uh, yeah. It's a very interesting line. Um, which brings us to the chorus. When you think the night has seen your mind, that inside you're twisted and unkind. Let me stand to show that you are blind. Please put down your hands, because I see you. Yes, again, um, kind of talking about, again, not again, for the first time ever, uh, talking about <laughs> uh, an idea of, uh, like, seeing yourself incorrectly. Like, they're, the, they're addressing someone who, like, who thinks that inside they're twisted and unkind and, like, they're a bad person, but they're saying, no, let me show you that that's not true, that you're actually... The op, you know, kind. Yeah, you're kind. A good and person. Beautiful. And like, don't, don't, I'm assuming p- put down your hands is like, don't cover your face. Yeah, don't hide, don't hide yourself. Because um, I see you. Because, you know, there's, there's beauty there. Yeah. And of course, the, the night being the contrast sort of to the light on your door, uh, when you think the night has seen your mind, the darkness, which uh, comes up again in verse two, the idea of darkness. Very, a very basic metaphor. But, yeah, yeah, it, it's it serves really well. This is very tight writing. Um, I mean, Lou Reed does some great lyrics, and yeah, this is, I think, a shining true. example of those. Mm-hmm. It also, um, since as you know, I've been playing Bloodborne, mm-hmm. um, makes me think of that because it's talking about like darkness and and doors. And in the beginning of Bloodborne, there's a lot of like doors you can knock on, and they all have lanterns. And, oh yeah, and they're hiding from darkness and that's right evil it's and it's not like that connected but it made me think of it yeah loose <laughs> enough i'll accept it 
Uh, that takes us to verse two, where he, he says, I find it hard to believe you don't know the beauty you are. But if you don't, let me be your eyes, a hand to your darkness, so you won't be afraid. Again, sort of the same idea as verse one, just said in different words. Yeah, I, I kind of like the way it's said in this one, though, because mm-hmm. they're saying, like, I, basically saying, you know, you, you're you not seeing this. I, I think it's pretty obvious. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's it's definitely there. Um, and, and, like, just reassuring them, but also very accepting of, like, but, you know, if you don't, it's okay, because, like, I got your back. Yeah. I'll, and I will, I'll help you through whatever this self-doubt is. You don't have to be afraid because you've, yeah. you've got a friend to help you See yourself, yourself through my perception. It's like, uh, don't believe in yourself. Believe in me and I believe in you. Kind of yeah, Gurren Lagan. Yeah. <laughs> Classic. Uh, yeah, that's exactly what it's like. Uh, then we get the chorus again, and then we end on the outro, which says, I'll be your mirror, reflect what you are. That's it, baby. Yeah, so again, like you said, like pretty tight. Um, mm-hmm. pretty simple, um, but I think manages to say quite a bit and like, yeah. have a good atmosphere about it. I, the story behind it that they had to try it so many times, I think it's kind of interesting. Like it, the delivery doesn't strike me as particularly special necessarily. Mm-hmm. Well, it's but apparently maybe that's part of the like understated nature of it. I don't know. Yeah. Well, Nico sings quite harshly, uh, particularly on the other tracks in this album. She puts a lot more oomph into it, and that's why I guess that's what they were trying to get her to not do in this one. They're like, we just need you to kind of do a straight yeah. delivery, lighten up a bit, lighten up a bit, and she just kept you know hammering on it like Nico does, and they're like, oh, fuck, and then uh, to the point where she breaks down crying. Then just <laughs> eventually because it becomes like so exhausted that she can't do it normally. Which yeah, is unfortunate, I, I guess. But I know, unfortunate, but it works for man, the song. I'm so glad it worked because this is a great song and it's a great delivery. Apparently, the rest of the band was so taken with her performance on this that even after she was no longer associated with the band, they would often try to to imitate her accent uh, when they would perform this song live. Interesting. Well, yeah, I mean, all the songs on this album are pretty iconic in their own way mm-hmm. and yeah nico nico definitely has an interesting voice oh yeah for sure so it's not like the most i would say technical singer but it's very like distinct yeah somebody there's a critic who described it as the sound of a cello getting up in the morning <laughs> there is kind Which of I, a, yeah <laughs> i can't confirm or deny that but it's just a great description <laughs> Yeah, I c- yeah, I like it. I don't fully understand it, but I think it makes sense. Yeah, I, I, it, it sounds sense. appropriate. Uh, yeah, with that, that's the lyrics knocked out and done. I have so much, like, just assorted Velvet Underground and Nico trivia that I, I almost feel like we've done a disservice, but it's, it's not entirely relevant to the song, so let's. Well, you want to throw, throw out a bit of trivia here and there? Sure. Um, I guess just the fact that. Uh, Andy Warhol is uh, credited as the producer, uh, but everybody talks True. about it, and almost every different band member cites a different person as being like quote the real producer, because all Andy Warhol really did was more of like like a a film producer kind of role where he just kind of bankrolled it, 
And um, right. well, as they describe it, I think Lou Reed describes it here. He says, he just made it possible for us to be ourselves and go right ahead with it because he was Andy Warhol. In a sense, he really did produce it because he was this umbrella that absorbed all the attacks when we weren't large enough to be attacked. And as a consequence of him being the producer, we'd just walk in and set up and do what we always did, and no one would stop it because Andy was the producer. Of course, he didn't know anything about record production, but he didn't have to. He just sat there and said, ooh, that's fantastic. And the engineer would say, oh, yeah, right? It is fantastic, isn't it? Yeah, Andy Warhol is an odd guy, obviously. But it took me a while to appreciate like just how much influence he had on the things I like. Mm-hmm. Like, because he had The Factory, which is where the Velvet Underground was the house band there for a while. And that's like a location, but it moved around sometimes. Like, there were a few different places. It was right. like the place where Andy Warhol just like hung out with other artists and yeah and did like big sort of like multimedia shows or it'd be like art gallery velvet underground would be playing somebody's lighting candles and putting them in her nose or something i don't fucking know like you know performance art and like and i remember reading the that bowie um biography um talking about david bowie becoming a part of that and how many other acts they sort of tried to launch but mm-hmm. it didn't end up working. Like, really, what came out of that was, like, Andy Warhol, obviously, and then, like, David Bowie, and then and the Velvet Underground. Not in that order. But other than that, it was, like, a bunch of just other creative people who didn't make it as pop artists or whatever. Right, yeah, they all kind of made it. They're like, like a lot of them are art house famous. Yeah, I guess not. So. Not like pop famous, uh, but yeah, it's a big movement. Yeah, it's just interesting to think that he just served as essentially a shield for the Velvet Underground to do weird shit. <laughs> Without you know, I mean, like, oh, you can't do that. This will never sell. Even though that would have been a technically a correct criticism at the time. Yeah, because it didn't really sell. It didn't sell. Um, with that, let's talk about the instrumentation in this yeah. one, which, uh, first thing to note, there's no drums in this. There's just a tambourine. Just a tambourine. And it's all, it's all very gentle, and there's, uh, it's like a steady rhythm, but also, like, it's two lead guitars just kind of grooving around each other, so there's no, like, exactly set pattern. It's not very repetitive. Yeah, I mean, there is, like, a kind of a riff where it plays, like... Yeah, that's definitely how it starts with the intro. Yeah, I guess that isn't always playing. Um, and that is the intro, a little, little riff on the guitar, and it is very, like, gentle-sounding. It's a very gentle-sounding mm-hmm. song. Um, yeah, even that bass line is very plodding. It's just boom-boom-boom-boom-boom-boom-boom-boom. It has kind of like a distant sound to it. It's all, I mean, it, you wouldn't really call it lo-fi, because I don't think that was really a thing at the time. But right. it's definitely not like a higher quality recording that you would get. And this is 1966, so like, the Beatles were still around, or were around. Yeah. So like, if you put the money into it, you can get some higher quality recordings, but this is clearly not that. Yeah, clearly not. It's you're right. It is very lo-fi. Uh, yeah. So it starts out with that guitar intro, uh, with the 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 bass plodding along, 
And then about 20 seconds in, we get the the introduction of Nico's gentle vocals. Yeah, right before the vocals come in, the guitar kind of like, I don't know, it it like marks it just as this like, kind of like. Yeah, it does like a, notes. almost like a break is a boom, boom. Just to like, I don't know, I'm trying to think of the right word. It like marks yeah. that happening. Sometimes it kind of grooves with her, her sort of own stops and starts. Um, yeah. So in case you don't know, it kind of stops a bit and then lifts back up too. Yes, because then there's that kind of like the the court or the verse is kind of broken up because it it sort of like stops and then you go. But if you don't like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's her high note that kind of leads us into the rest of it. Yeah. But yeah, so the the guitar not only sets up its own rhythm and grooves, but plays a little bit with the vocals as well. Yeah, it feels very like free, I guess, and. It doesn't feel rigid, I guess is the way of saying it. No, yeah. Um, um and it's pretty steady throughout the chorus, right? There's not yeah, a big it like kind of there. flows into the chorus. The chord progression does change mm-hmm. into the chorus. Um, and you it can hear it on the bass. Yeah. Because that really outlines it there. It's again it's a very simple bass. Yeah. It's the same chords, they're just in a different order. Uh, yeah. and Kind of gets, it's more of like ascending in that. Um, when you feel the na 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 na, like, yeah, if, like if you look at that, that bass is just doom, 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 doom. And I think that is like the chord changes. And then as it moves through, yeah, 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 sorry, I'm scattered no for some reason. <laughs> Uh, and then it kind of moves through that and uh then gets to the end of the chorus and plays there's like that little and then just like right back into it so that kind of like breaks it up it's almost like like i don't even know it's it's just a little bridge i guess bridge out post chorus or something um but it feel it's transition riff i guess you call it yeah i don't know it just feels so like like they did one thing, then they did the transition riff, and then they do the next thing, and it flows together. But like they're very distinct parts. Yeah, they're all distinct parts, right? It's like here we are. Here's that transition riff, and that transition riff is like a classic to me. It's like it's. It's amazing how you, how it's like so simple, but but it just sticks so much, and like it's not very long. Mm-hmm. It's not even really very interesting. On its no, own. not really. But as a part of the song, it, it really stands out. I don't know how. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Um, your second verse is similar to the first. I don't think there's any big changes on that. Um, no, I don't think so. Our next big change is really after the second chorus, so after that second transition riff, where we come to the outro segment. In the chorus, it changes up a little. The guitar plays a little different. Okay, yeah. Um so like it strums faster at times. Um like it like goes like um, Oh yeah, after uh it which seems pretty simple too. It's like it sounds like it's either a power chord so it's or like even just two strings. Like it's not a big chord. It sounds like mm-hmm. less. I guess we didn't really address the guitar tone yet on this. It's very clean. I suppose, yeah. 
Yeah, very clean. Almost almost jangle pop. Is that accurate? Almost. Like it it's more it's very mellow. Like it doesn't have the brightness mm-hmm. of of what I would expect from jangle pop, but it definitely has a similar like cleanliness. Yeah. Um especially like compared to some of the other songs like I was saying like there's lots of guitar feedback and stuff on some others and more I don't know if you yeah. call it distortion, but like, um, it's le- definitely less uh, clean sounds. Yeah, it's definitely meant to be, uh, you know, harsh to the ears. And usually there's this like grinding, like a string section, right? And almost all of the songs, this very harsh yeah. violin or whatever it might be that sort yeah. of links every song except this one. Yeah, it's like a, like a breath in kind of. A break. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so we, you get a little too. a little pickup on the the chorus from the guitar. It plays a, some extra notes, jams a little more. Yeah, kind of between lines. Yeah, and then we we hit the the transition riff, and then we're in the outro segment, which is the the title line, "I'll be your mirror," and the the backup vocals saying, "Reflect what you are," and they're singing both these parts at exactly the same time. It's not a call and response. Yeah, they're kind of layered over each other. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's that's the other change. <laughs> yeah, and the, the guitar is doing some like faster arpeggios in that point. And then it fades out. Like right. that's it. I guess that's their build, but like they stay like pretty mellow mm-hmm. compared to some of these versions, which do uh, more of like a modern crescendo. Yeah. Well, I just think that that style of guitar playing it must be so difficult where it is both simple, but also there's a lot oh, of yeah. little intricacies going on. Yeah, the idea of like from... being simple and complex at the same time. And it might not necessarily be tough to play, but to come up with, like to think of. Yeah, and for it to like work with everything, for it all to mesh together. Um, like uh, that's got to be tough, and that's why a lot of them will at least the next one will strip it down to just basic rhythm. Yeah, to bring up David Bowie again, the guitar riff and Ziggy Stardust is kind of like that in that it's like it sounds kind of like there's a simple sound to it, but it's very much not like it's tough to play. It's difficult, as far as I know. Uh, yeah, and it's more there's a lot of stuff going on, but there's like this really solid through line. Of like a riff, and then there's just a bunch yeah. of stuff in between. Is that relevant to this? I don't know. Ah, maybe. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think so. And also, even something like uh, "Andy Warhol" by David Bowie, which is just a simple acoustic one. Maybe that's even more unrelated. But mm. yeah, there's something about simplicity that can be complex. Complex simplicity, if that's a that's a concept. I think it is, uh, or at least like using something to kind of hide the complexity and make it feel simple, mm-hmm. or to hide the simplicity and make it feel complex. Like, so complex. I think yeah. you can go either way. I don't know what this is. Yeah, there's some, but there is one of those elements yeah. I feel going on here, and I'm not smart enough to pick out which, but I am smart enough to know that it's time to talk about some covers. Alex, you ready? I'm ready. Let's talk about the primitives in 1989. I'll be your mirror. You are. In case you don't know, I'll be the one. 
English indie pop band best known for their 1988 hit Crash. Now I listened to it. Not familiar to me. I, I don't know about you, it. Alex. No, didn't recognize it. There were like no. times where I was like, maybe uh, no, no, no. Um. So yeah, this one, like I like I sort of said, it's a more of a driving rhythm on the guitar. It's there's less complexity, more of just your standard like rhythm. Like here are the chords. Yeah, and it like comes in and everything's there. Yeah, like if that if that makes sense, it's not even it, necessarily that different from the original. Yeah, I like guess even it is. like more the like bass on this is fatter, but it's basically doing the same part. Yeah, but now that it's 1989, like it sounds very different. Um, mm-hmm. You can make everything out. It doesn't. Um, like there, like I think there's there's like an acoustic guitar that's strumming, and like the electric guitar is doing like down strums. Yeah, ding, 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 ding. ding, ding. Um, And then there's a bass. There's a bass pattern that sounds familiar. It's it's not in the original song. No. I I was gonna try to figure out, but I forgot to like look because I was like, yeah, it's pretty simple. I'm sure you could probably find it in quite a few places. Yeah, but it sounded. Like, I've heard it somewhere else. I just don't know where. Yeah. But it's there. Um, of course, the biggest addition on this is a full drum kit. Mm-hmm. It's hitting some toms in the beginning and then just kind of doing some big, heavy hits throughout the verse. Yeah, and then it'll hit a snare. Yeah. Like, it follows the bass and then, and then hits the snare at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, that, and then that electric guitar starts to do some, some riffs. Once we get into the verse. That's right. Um, this is all, yeah, they, they, they keep it simple, too. Um, except yeah. at this point, these elements are, like, more well-known, I think. Um, yeah, this, this isn't revolutionary rock and roll now. This is 1989, baby. Yeah. And... Uh, yeah. No, don't have anything. I'm Und- sorry. Uh, you're doing the classic Alex Mildenberger. Well, I thought I had case. something. Sometimes I don't have something, and sometimes I just decide not to say it. It's hard That's to, fair. Yeah. It's hard to. It's hard, definitely hard to differentiate. But here's what I can tell you: uh, very like sort of indie darling singing on this. You got a, a female vocalist, kind of high and neutral. Cause I see you. Yeah, there's kind of like the the disinterested uh, affectation. On there. Yeah, it's, maybe, it's maybe drawing on you know post punk influences of the time. Yeah, um, and being cool. Hell yeah, um, we pick up pace a bit in the chorus. The drums are hitting more consistently. Uh, the guitar is doing a little pattern. Yeah, um, and it's a little. I guess the guitars probably hasn't changed, but it feels. You kind of get a little more of the like overdrive on it. Yeah. Uh, just because it's a little, a little clearer. More. Um, and then it plays the. Oh, right. Um, they kind of split up the, the chorus. Yeah, um, they treat the yeah. last two lines as like a separate part. Yeah, and uh, the electric guitar kind of is like riffing at the start and then just starts strumming, but it's not doing just down strums anymore. It's strumming both ways. Oh yeah, and then plays the riff at like the riff at the end. Yeah. So yeah, so far the structure is like same basically. Same, yeah. It just builds up energy at the end of the chorus. That's your big. 
difference. Yeah, and um, then so yeah, they do that transition riff, then they kind of do the intro again. Yeah, like what and then else we come is into there? the second verse. What is the, what do they do in the second verse? I didn't notice any difference. They do the second verse, baby. <laughs> they sure do. Um, um, I guess the difference is is backup vocals join in on the chorus, the second chorus. Yeah, that's right. So you get some dudes singing on the back there. Also kind of singing low, kind of low energy. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, this one, like you said, feels more like this indie rock thing. I don't know what it would have necessarily been called. They were called power pop. This doesn't really, I guess, post-punk. Yeah, doesn't strike power pop They're like to me. indie yeah. post-punk kind of thing, which maybe that's um, redundant to say. Yeah, maybe. I like. I would say alt-rock before yeah. power pop. Alt-rock with post-punk influences. How about that? How's that? Isn't that just alt-rock, baby? <laughs> maybe not. Maybe. Yeah. I guess I don't know alt-rock as a genre well enough. Is yeah, all, I don't know. It, it seems to be genre? more of a catch-all label. True, it doesn't really mean anything. Um, And we're going to see this on a lot of versions. Big, long outro segments for some reason. Just big fades. <laughs> Yeah, I guess the original one faded out. Yeah, but it was, like, a lot shorter. <laughs> True. This one is got, like, 30 seconds on the original. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know exactly what that is. It's not really a dance song. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not like a dance Although it goes big song. on the drums at the end here, it too. Does. It's dance, 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 dance. Yeah, and this is, like, late 80s, so, like, those are some big, big snare hits. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's kind of, uh, I wouldn't call it exciting, um, but it's, it definitely just feels like a, like a late eighties alt rock version of the song. Yeah. I'd say it doesn't really offer anything that's really compelling that mixes with the song very well. It doesn't sound bad. It's, it's perfectly functional for its time period and I, I guess what it's trying to do, but I think there are better versions we'll talk about. I also think there are worse versions we'll talk about. (laughs) So let's talk about. Let's talk about Underground Lovers in 1993, an Australian indie rock and electronic music band. Uh, apparently not influenced by the Velvet Underground. Not influenced? Yeah, at least not. That's not where their namesake's from. Uh, oh, right. On the Wikipedia right. page, it mentioned uh, uh, Joy Division and some other bands, but which, like, which I, f- I can hear in this. Yeah. I feel like I it mean, would obviously be... they're covering this. <laughs> yeah. There's got to be, like, some something there, right? Like, by right, way yeah, of someone to, else? To like them a little, at least, in order to do this. <laughs> yeah, and but, they did. Uh, yeah, we get... Big distortion drones is uh, one of the big features on this one. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of like this like waving, wavering sound on the guitar Yeah, that continues, I think, throughout the whole thing. Yeah, I think it's uh, just always there. And big tom drums. Doom, 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 doom. Yeah. Along with the guitar. Distorted guitar. And yeah, those those uh, toms. Uh, then there's a couple yeah. guitars, and, and they are more distorted than we would get in the original. They have the... Um, they have 
they have the technology. They have the technology now. It's 1993. Yeah, you don't just have the to year that dinosaurs were brought random. back to life. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So there's that guitar is doing like an approximation of the chords of the original. I think the one that isn't just doing the the distortion noise. Yeah, it's sort of like rising though throughout. Yeah. Um, and very, but very, yeah. uh, like, emotionless lyrics. Very Vocals. post-punk. As I yeah. see you. Very uh, hollowed out, as it were. It's two tracks, too. There's, like, male and female vocals. That's right. Um, also, do they mess up the first verse? Or they, and, it, like, it doesn't rhyme, right? Um, oh, I didn't notice. Now I gotta listen. Yeah, and I gotta double-check that. I wrote it down. Yeah, they say I'll be the sun, the wind, and the rain. I guess it doesn't. That part doesn't rhyme. It just felt weird because yeah, uh, it's just they they switched it up still the order rhymes. on it. Um, uh, I don't know if that changes anything. Um, not part. I guess just the, the fact s- that they're the sun and not the sunset. Yeah. So I mean, based on what you said, which was that those things bring you home, the sun doesn't really do that. The sunset does. Yeah. But saying the like sun, wind, and rain makes it feel very like elemental. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Yeah. So it's not necessarily there's nothing necessarily lost in there, at least on a casual listen. If you yeah. look closer, maybe. But at I least agree. there is some some pattern there. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. So that's right. They do that. Um. We get to the chorus. Which I apparently have no notes on. Um, yeah, I didn't really. I mean, it's kind of it. It stays the same. Like they really keep that that instrumental under um, current. That's not the right phrase. Yeah, they, uh, uh, it's, it's the same underneath. Yeah, it's like it's just this uh, like sonic space it just of drones. Does the chord changes and the chord changes and do as... change in the way that they do in the original song, but like the instrumentation is the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we don't get any transition riff. They kind of just roll right into the next verse, and then mm-hmm. we get another guitar added into the the mix here. Yeah, I wonder if it's because there's a low guitar before if that's kind of hidden. Yeah, I wonder if it's that they just turn it up and play a bit they just higher. Turned it up. I, I don't know uh, because yeah, there's enough things stuff start to get now. a bit muddy. Yeah, it's hard to tell what's there, and there's quite a bit of distortion as we mentioned before. Yeah, and that's the big change on this uh, verse and chorus. It's just extra distortion, extra crunch. Mm-hmm. Um, we come to the outro, and surprisingly, there is a tambourine in the mix. There is, but it plays like every two bars or something. Like it's very occasional yeah, tambourine. Very occasional. Um, um, and of course, there's like a minute of fade out on this because we do the outro for. Yeah, well, this version is like three and a half minutes compared to yeah. just over two for the original. It's also slower. Mm-hmm. They do it quite slowly. Yeah, they do slow it down. In the way they kind of, like, chant it. Almost. Yeah, and when the guitars switch to a sort of descending pattern in this segment. That um, they break up the uh, the outro lines as well. So it starts out with I'll Be Your Mirror for the first 20 seconds, and then we get Reflect What You Are added into the mix. Yeah, and then it goes back into I'll Be Your Mirror. Are they both going at that time? Yeah, they're both going at that time. Around 2.54. Right. One of them starts saying superstar. You're, You're a, superstar. a superstar. Yeah, and at this at this point they kinda like add well before that, I guess. Like 
they're saying the I'll be your mirror and the reflectors your lines and they kind of add mm-hmm. more and more tracks on that and like them saying it kind of in slightly different ways. Yeah, so it, it builds up comes this little weird noise piece. Um and then yeah, your last 20 seconds is actual fade out. Yeah, quite a bit of fade out. But yeah, you're a superstar, so I guess it's just more like reassurance kind of support. Yeah, okay. I guess. Is it a reference to the Carpenter's song Superstar? I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure that's the one. Don't you remember you told me you love me, baby? I don't I know the, know the Sonic song version. well enough. Oh, fair enough. Uh, that's the only thing I could think of is that. But then, why are you referencing that? Of course, it wouldn't be the only cover we're talking about this week that randomly references another song. True, true. Or songs, perhaps. Or songs, perhaps. Um, this one was interesting. It's an interesting space. I always think uh, kind of centering your piece on a drone and then being like, that's what we're going to do in this one is a, it's definitely a, 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 a bold move, I would say. You're like, this is what we're fucking doing. Yeah, and like considering that it's quite a simple song and they keep it relatively simple, most of the like cacophony comes from harmonics and distortion. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's like not that many instruments in it ultimately. Uh, so it, they they do manage to keep it fairly simple in that way and and it it's pretty decent sounding it's definitely more interesting than the previous cover yeah and yeah yeah that's that's it that's all i gotta say about this one let's talk about lou reed in 1998 Rain in the sunset, the light on your door. You heard of this guy? Yeah, this guy, Lou Reed. Lou Reed. Huh. Um, so this was recorded in London in 1997 at the Meltdown Festival, uh, which is an annual festival held in London, which features music, performance, and film. Uh, the interesting thing here is each year the festival chooses an established music artist or act as director of the event, and they perf- they pick the performers for the event of their choosing. Oh. So uh, some some meltdown directors include Elvis Costello, David Bowie, Patti Smith, Morrissey, uh, Nick Cave. Um, in 1997, it was Laura Phillips Anderson, an American avant-garde artist, composer, musician, and film director, who is exactly the kind of person I would expect to pick Lou Reed for a, a festival. Yep. That checks out. Yeah, if you're curious about David Bowie's selection of artists, he's in 2002, so you can check out the Wikipedia page, see what kind of music David Bowie likes. Is it the Velvet Underground? Um, Surprisingly, no. I mean, 2002, I don't know who you're <laughs> going to get from the Velvet I guess besides Lou Reed. Um, He had some interesting ones, though. I just I cannot remember them for the life of me. Now, he did have the Dandy Warhols, I think, which is... uh. I don't know what they do, but they're named after Andy Warhol, so hey. That they are. That they are. That they are. Can you imagine um, if they so weren't? It's like, yeah, we just <laughs> they're like happened how we upon came up the... organically. Yeah. <laughs> Threw a bunch of letters at the wall, and that's what came out. Anyway, Lou Reed. So this is a live version by the original songwriter. Mm-hmm. And I have um, to imagine yeah, he's performed it live a fair number of times at this point, because, uh, you know... <laughs> Yeah, it's been years, and even though he didn't sing the original, Nico wasn't like a member of the band that would yeah. play with them regularly. So, so yeah, they would they would do. So this is I I and that's really the reason I threw this on is to get a, a Lou Reed vocal performance of a song he wrote. 
Um, in terms of instrumentation, it's stripped down, but it's pretty similar. You got two guitars uh, just kind of doing a gentle groove. Um, there's a bass on this as well. And like that's that's kind of it instrumentally. There's a bit of percussion, sort of auxiliary stuff that comes in here and there. Yeah, I think it's kind of interesting the way they the way it's set up because like it starts with just the one guitar, mm-hmm. and like kind of picking out and strumming out the beginning, and then his voice comes in, and uh, it's a lot more distinctive at this point. Like if you compare yeah. those early Velvet Underground recordings, which you know he still sounds like Lou Reed, but this here he sounds like you know like Satellite of Love, like Walk on the Wild Side, Lou Reed. You know, yeah, like this is Lou Reed's voice, yeah, where he really sort of leans into that spoken word mm-hmm. style in his singing as well, yeah, and, and at times, uh, yeah. like almost feels like unsure in a way, just the way it's I don't know, that's what I get out of it sometimes, like his voice kind of feels like like it does like it it's lacking in this power, it never like falters, mm-hmm. But like that, it feels like it's kind of pushing, if that makes sense. Yeah, it's a, it's like an uncertain gentleness. Yeah. Um, particularly, I like the way he says on the first chorus, "Please put down your hands," because I see you. It's a uh, real good, I think. Yeah, because he can. Uh, I don't remember that specifically, but he can kind of be more like talky in the way he sings. Yeah, he can straight up just deliver a line through speech and be all right. And it's still kind of singing. Um, and he sort of, later on in this version, as it like builds and another guitar comes in, uh, and mm-hmm. they add some drums and stuff, he, he kind of sings, gets more singy. Yeah. Um, you know, he sings like the beauty you are line. Stuff yeah, because like that. that transition riff on this one is real punchy. It's got a lot more rock and roll in it. True. Th- this recording has a lot of low end, I think, and that's yeah. part of it. Which, of course, they didn't have back in 1966. <laughs> yeah, no such thing as bass. No such thing as levels. <laughs> yeah, you're right. So he starts to sing a little more on the, the second verse that carries into the chorus as well. Yeah, and in that second chorus, the bass gets like a good moment. Uh, right on the Kazai CU line, like 212. Yeah. Like, uh, I don't know. It kind of goes up high. Yeah, just great tone on that. It goes... Yeah. Bow, 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 bow. So it's a good yeah. moment on the bass. Definitely recommend yeah, checking that. it out. And then we get uh, backup vocals coming in. Um, Slowly after he begins the, the outro section. Drums come in as well. Right. Yes, and then everything kind of picks up right at the end. And there's some back and forth on the lines. Yeah. And sort of in the, the course of this one, he does an even shorter version of that building from uncertainty to, to real singing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and like, this is also the first song, like the opening yeah, this is song. the opener for the so night. So this is kind of like, kind of like does, it's a fairly like gradual build into like the performance proper kind of thing as an opener. Mm-hmm. It's interesting, as opposed to a lot of the shows I've been to where it's like, hit him with the most energy we can right off the bat go yeah where it's like we gotta hook these people right now so it's like but what if, if we Lou opened with a soft like... love song yeah 
All right. Let's see how it goes. Let's see how it goes. Um, yeah, and they just kind of end on a couple of chords. You get your applause, and they count in to start the next song. Yeah. Which is, I think it's another Velvet Underground one, is it? No, it's Perfect Day. It's a, that's a Lou Reed classic. So it is. Ooh. He finds oh. Vicious later. That's why I said that. <laughs> <laughs> um, You know what I'm going to say next, Alex? Let's talk about Clem Snide. Let's talk about Clem Snide. I'll be your mirror. Reflect what you are. In case you don't know, I'll be the wind, the rain, and the sunset. A band name, not a man's name. Not a man, a band. They're they're from oh. Boston. Yes. Um, actually, Clem Snide is a is a name uh, of a, a book name. of a book character in books by William S. Mm. Burroughs. That's right. Naked Lunch, The Ticket That Exploded, and Exterminator. Yeah. I haven't read them. Um, Me neither. haven't read, like, a lot of beat uh, writers. Just the one. Mm-hmm. Just the you know who did time. read William S. Burroughs? Lou Reed. What? Yeah. What? You can believe it. I can believe it, actually. Despite my uh, surprise earlier. Oh, you've gotten over it? Yeah. You're always always quick yeah. to adapt, Alex. Yeah, that's me. This is like the soft country version. Yes. They got a country. They're like they the they were called alt country. Mm-hmm. And I think their Wikipedia page. Yeah, that must have been what I read. Uh, yes. So they yeah, they're that. But this is like this is like soft acoustic cover, but also country. Yeah, so there's a, a bit of a country tone and a bit of finger picking going on, and I'd say just the right amount of twang on those those vocals. Yeah, it's not it's not too much. Um they definitely have like they're from Boston, but the accent singing doesn't sound like a Boston accent. No, it doesn't. <laughs> it's like the lad on your door, like <laughs> anyway, but I guess that's kind of an affectation you maybe take on if you're doing country music. Um yeah, they also yeah. have more like kind of a heavy the chords sound a bit heavier it's an acoustic guitar but the way it like because the original is so like light and flighty Mm -hmm. um as soon as you start digging in on that guitar then it feels much heavier yeah a little more solemn than light if if you can imagine that yeah i guess so i can imagine uh, that there's strings on this so you get like a violin Yes, kind of like playing they in the verse they play these really slow crescendos, mm-hmm. and then uh, they speed up in the chorus playing like an ascending arpeggio pattern. No, they play with the yeah. they play with the chord progression. I think. Yeah, they do. Not so they're kind of filling the role of the bass from the original. They step outside of that role, but uh, predominantly, I think that's what they do. Indeed, indeed. Um. And although later on, once we go after the chorus, uh, once we go back into the verse, then there's like a low bowed bass or cello or whatever sound. Yeah. I don't know if that was sort there before. Right when we get into the second verse there? Yeah. Dum, yeah, I don't think it was there before. So yeah, that's how we kind of build this one because the the guitar itself, while having a little bit of that sort of improvisational tone of the original, is still much more reeled in. 
on very very steady so by just kind of building up more strings around it that's how we sort of build intensity in this version yeah um i'm just trying to think if if there's anything else that like specifically is interesting um um no my next note is for the the end of the second chorus i was just gonna say they enunciate their words actually fairly well yeah um made me realize what some of the words were even though i looked at the lyrics yeah but they were you know sometimes you have to listen to it yeah sometimes you you gotta listen it's always good when there's a cover version that's like just for you to listen to the lyrics You're like ah no i know yeah. what they're saying so like, even though i can read them when when you say it that way then you can be like oh, okay yeah that makes sense even though they yeah, said it, it funny it locks it in a little better you're like oh yeah mm-hmm Um, so yeah, when we get to the end of the second chorus, there's like a very sparse bridge. Um, and then we get to the yeah, the start of the outro segment where another dude comes in to do the reflect what you are line, but they do it as a call and response. So I'll be your mirror, reflect what you are. I'll be your mirror, reflect what you are. Reflect as opposed to at the what same time. you are. Pretty slow. Very slow. Yeah. Um, and then, a violin solo. Yeah. Yes. We're on the same track. Violin solo, just in the middle of it, because this outro starts with, again, like a minute left of outro. So you got to have another trick in your bag here. Yes. And their trick is a violin solo. Yeah. Um, it all fits pretty good, I think. Like, the original song is fairly uh, short, so throwing a mm-hmm. solo in there is, like, not that big a deal. Especially yeah. for, like, my sensibilities. Of like, mm-hmm. I can handle a, a song that's three minutes and 20 seconds and has one solo in it. Like, that's not too yeah, much. Yeah, I'll allow it. And it's the outro segment, so that's a pretty loose segment to play with. True. True. Um, You can really fit stuff in there. Kind of do what you yeah. want. It's just an outro. And yeah, in terms of like the vibe that they've set up with this one, which is, the, the, you know, this tender country piece, it works. It works really well. It does. Um, one other thing to call out, I guess, is his voice kind of has like a, like a lo-fi sound to it also, mm-hmm. um, which I think is pretty solid, pretty good sound. Yeah, this lo-fi country singer, it was, it was pretty interesting, which also makes me remember in 2002, David Bowie had Daniel Johnston at the, uh, at oh. the Meltdown Festival. Yep, that makes sense. That was one of the acts. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I was, I remember I was looking at it and I was like, me and David Bowie have similar musical taste. Amazing. It's like, yeah. Could you imagine? Do, right? You'd be like, get a call. Be like, hey, David Bowie wants you to perform at this thing. You'd be like, uh, yes. Yeah. Like, fuck yeah. Too good. <sighs> um, yeah. So that's the end of this version. It sort of ends on a like it's just an organic kind of fade out. Yeah. Like you said, it's, it's longer, but 323 is still pretty tight. And I think they did fine with that space. Mm-hmm. Um people who do less fine with less space am and juliana ray in 2008 that's right i'll be your mirror reflect what you are in case you don't know i'll be the wind the rain and the sunset the light on your door to show that you're home um so am or am is a an american songwriter musician composer that's both his moniker yeah. and his band's name. Does not have a bio on Spotify. 
Yeah. Um, and clearly um, wrote his own Wikipedia page. Anyway, continue. Uh, yeah, he clearly did. Known for his pop, soul, funk, world music. And, and apparently... collaborated with Sean Lee. And apparently for his songs being played in pivotal scenes on TV shows. Pivotal scenes? Pivotal scenes. <laughs> so, yeah. Clearly a self. Nothing worse than getting a call back from the studio and they're like, no, nah, it's in the non-pivotal Sorry, scenes. Sorry, we, we put it in a really unimportant scene. We just... Couldn't fit it anywhere so, else. Sorry. It's just not a like, good enough song for the pivotal scene. one person pivot in this scene? Come on. <laughs> Look. Watch him turn around. Wow. <gasps> pivotal. It's a, it's, um, it's a show about a, about a fashion show. So, like, it's uh, all pivotal scenes, man. They always it's all turn pivotal around. scenes. Anyway. Juliana. Um, yeah. Juliana Ray. Um, supposedly has worked with Jeff Lynne. Yeah, so her debut album was produced by Jeff Lynne. Yeah, which is But it was a flop. And then she hasn't done a whole lot. Also listed as a songwriter, singer, actress, entrepreneur, and mindfulness teacher. Mindfulness. Uh, Speaking of people who definitely wrote their own Wikipedia page. (laughs) But, like, if you you Google her, like, that comes up. Her, like, website where it's, like, teaching mindfulness. Fair enough, that's what she's doing these days, so I guess it's relevant to the page. Um, yeah, so this is like acoustic bossa nova, is that the vibe here, Alex? Yeah, yeah, definitely. This is like a bossa nova version. Notice I didn't say the bossa nova version. Hmm, would that mean, oh, because there's other bossa nova versions here? Yeah, there's, ah. I'm pretty sure, unless I'm thinking of something else. I think you might be thinking I'm of I, something Am else. I thinking of last week? <laughs> you might be thinking of last week. <laughs> All right. Possibly the Bossa Nova version. Just call every other version after this Bossa Nova. You'll be in the <laughs> yeah, clear. I can say whatever I want. So yeah, they it opens with the title line. They don't they don't fuck around with the verse at first. They both sing it. So uh, you got Am and Juliana. Am. But then we swap over to Juliana for the verses. Yeah, and then he joins back in. Um, so Bossa Nova, it's got the guitar playing. Yeah. Like kind of bossa nova strumming. There's like a guiro. Guiro? Guiro? That's right. Guiro. Guiro. Um, And there's a xylophone as well that comes in in the chorus. That's right. He goes, do, 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 do. Um, yeah, she's got that guiro, you got that, that xylophone. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, is that, did you just say indirectly that the outro riff is done vocally? Um, no. No, but you didn't. That's that is what happens. They scat it. Do 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 do. Like what we've been doing this whole time. Yeah, like what we do to tell people what instruments sound like. It sounds like instruments. Like an engine. So yeah, you get that twee little bump 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 transition. Yep. Um. I guess. Yep. Twee. Yeah. That's that's what that is. That's twee. 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 I've been using twee a lot more. Trying to say, twee. I don't know if it's too mean, but I uh, I say it now sometimes. Is twee, is twee mean? Like maybe. Anyway, I'm over it. I'm over it. It's pretty twee. Um, pretty twee of me to even and think about it for that long. Uh, second verse, same as the first. Yeah, they do the same thing where it, like cuts down to the female vocals and then the male vocals run in. Am. Yeah, yeah. Um, then the outro, the the that xylophone goes yeah. <laughs> Which I mean, it does like an arpeggio. Yeah, occasionally. like it, it plays more. Um, and then the kind of like sings the "I'll be your mirror" part. They yeah. don't sing "Reflect What You Are." 
I don't think. No, they don't, because she decides to just do some vocalizations yeah. instead. Doing some sounds with voice. Honestly. And there's like some kind of clacky percussion that might just be like smacking the guero instead of rubbing it. I don't know. Could be, because you can do that. You can do that, baby. It's like and it ends on her you. doing one of those little vocal sides. Yeah, honestly, like, fine, but kind of a boring arrangement. Yeah. It's like, just, uh... if you were like, hey, let's make a bossa nova version, this is like the first step is all this stuff. And then mm-hmm. anything else, it just doesn't have that. Yeah. So, no, I'm, it's I'm not like this is a bonus it. track. So it may well be that they just threw it together and were like, well, we didn't finish this, but we might as well throw it on there. Yeah. There's not a whole lot going on in this version. Yeah, it's just, uh, it's not great. Um, But speaking of the opposite of this version, which is to say something with a whole lot going in it, Shakespeare's sister in 2010. Also, alt-rock, but maybe alt-pop? Yeah, they, they're a UK alt-pop slash rock music duo formed in 19, 1988 by Siobhan Fahey, Fahey of Bananarama fame. Bananarama. Banana, initially a solo act until 1989 when Marcella Detroit joined. And their hit is 1990, from 1992. It's called Stay. I listened to it. Also didn't recognize it, mm. but also it sounded fine. It, was, it sounded like a good song. Okay, yeah. Um... I didn't listen to it. Also, the album this is on seems to be a T-Rex reference. Oh, Cosmic Dancer? Um, or that's a reference the, to another Is it thing. just a cover of Cosmic Dancer, their song called Cosmic Dancer? Oh, no, I didn't. I forgot. It is. Yes, it is. Cool. So it is a very... Not even a T-Rex reference. It's just a cover of a T-Rex song that's on the side. Yeah. That they named it after. Um. Yeah, Cosmic Dancer is obviously a song we're going to have to do at some point. I mean, there's at least one cover of it. Yes. And we haven't talked well, about T-Rex, really. There's the David Bowie and uh, Morrissey one, too. Oh, shit, yeah. There's at least two covers of it. There's at least two covers of it, and I had imagine many more. Surely. I think there's at least um, two versions by T-Rex as well that I know. That would not surprise me Could either. Could be wrong on that. Anyway. So this one comes in with some distortion. Just some noise. Yeah. It comes out just as quickly. It's kind of an interesting sound, though, because it it's, it's comes in sounding like distortion, and then at times also kind of sounds like like there's a bow. That I feel like they, they've layered distortion over, like, a cello or something. Okay. And just, I like, played both of them. It's kind of interesting, because, like, for a moment, it just sounds like a, a bowed bass, and then goes back to distortion, and then mm-hmm. into the lyrics. Yeah, like, full acapella. With a lot of echo on her vocals. Yeah, lots of echo. And I mean, yeah, acapella in the sense that it's just one person singing with no instruments. Mm-hmm. Not acapella in the sense that there's people in the back being like, do, do, da, 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 do. Yeah, it's just uh, vocals, sans, <laughs> Which, instrumental. Yes, yeah, so that's what acapella means. I just wanted to clarify. Yeah, it's just a good call. It's not, it's not a college acapella team performance. Yeah, it doesn't become the, I don't even remember their names, and I don't want to, so I'm not going to. You could make up a, a, an acapella group pretty easily. It's just got to be like the Timbers or like the the fucking the Four Tenors. 
you know, just to pick a music term, it's better if you can make it sound sexual, but if you can't, that's fine. Yeah, too. I guess it doesn't have to be a pun. It just has to be words. Yeah. But it's often a pun. Um, <laughs> yes, lots of like ambient stuff going on in this one. Mm-hmm. Including a woman whispering some of the lines. Yes, that's how like the backup vocals happen. So like mm-hmm. that whole first verse is that like that like low down close mic uh, acapella stuff, but then like the backup. In case you don't know, whatever I don't yeah, remember. It's the just words. about ASMR, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. I didn't like vomit or anything, but it could be. Yeah, it could be. Um, close. The wind. And then when we hit the the chorus, we get some like sparkly uh ambiance um yeah so it's there's a couple sounds that come in on the chorus yeah um, the one you're talking about i believe it sounds like there's an echo and it's like a very high strum i think it's a guitar but it's kind okay. of like like you know when you play close to the um oh fuck i gotta remember the parts of the guitar when you strum further, like, higher, like, close to the end of the strings. Right. And then it sounds more metallic. Oh, yeah, yeah. Kind of yeah, like yeah. that, but they've so echoed close it. To, close to the bridge? Yeah, I was trying to remember if that yeah. was the bridge. I think that's the bridge. Um, yeah. Yeah, so it's like that, but with an effect on it, doing that sort of sparkly part. Yes, the bridge. And then there's, like, a, a sort of spacey... Do, 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 do. Yes. Kind of like that that's like a more digital sound that does that like to kind of like fade. Yeah, so and what I've called here a distorted fart doing the chord changes. <laughs> yeah, sort it's of. like it, it to me sounded like really low synth strings, like the buzzy sound. Yeah. Yeah, it, it like when you play a, a synthesizer that is Supposed to sound like a particular instrument, but outside of the range, it sounds good in kind of thing. Mm. That's what it sounds like to me. Um, and then we get to the please put down your hand line, and they just repeat uh, the the whispering woman going, please, 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 please. please, 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 please yeah, for like please, the rest please, of the please. thing. Or for a while. Yeah, for like please, a, a good please, chunk please, of it. Please, please, please. And then she kind of ends the, the chorus by going, ah. <laughs> She just took a refreshing drink. Yeah, there's a lot of because it's such like a close mic sound on all the vocals. They do a lot mm-hmm. of those like weird sounds and stuff, and you get those like clicks and slurps and breaths and stuff. Yeah. Uh, and then they play the outro riff on this. It's like a pizzicato string. I think also synthesizer. Yeah, yeah, I'd believe that. And then they go from there. They actually do an outro segment. It's not. We're not doing. You know, three minutes of outro, but they use it as a an addition to the to the bridge to make it a more fleshed out bridge. Yeah, and then they say, "I'll be your mirror." Yeah, that's part of it. And then the boop 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 bouncy synth, some strings too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's those strings there as well. Um, and then before getting into the the verse, um, there's like a bell sound, like a weird bell. Yeah, that like, doom, doom, doom. It's like yeah, it's like a discordant bell thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and that takes us Probably we go into another just instrumentless verse. Mm-hmm. 
repeat please a bunch. Well, that's the chorus. I'm getting ahead of myself. Yeah, you're getting ahead of yourself. <laughs> um, I think double tracked on the vocals this time. Yeah, I or, I like, didn't harmonized. notice that, but there's definitely a lot of like vocal layers and echo and stuff. Mm-hmm. But I think yeah, that's definitely plausible. I believe you. Is what I'm saying. What I'm saying is I believe you, but I didn't check, and I don't want to go back and check. Okay, that's fine. Yeah. Um, she says something here, and uh, do you know? I will where? stand to show that you are blind. That's a um, line that I did. Like that's one of the lines that I didn't necessarily know listening to the original song. Mm. Like some Let's of those. Stand to show. Yeah, some of those shorter words kind of blend together. Right, yeah, and it could be anything. And honestly, I will stand to show is just as good as let me stand to show. <laughs> yeah. But I noticed it. Hmm, a little different. Um, About 204, I say we get acoustic guitar in here. Is that true? Acoustic guitar. Um, I know there's another sound that comes in around there. Yeah. Oh, more closer to like 210, you can actually okay. start to hear it. Yeah, I think so. There's also like a really buzzy synthesizer that comes in early. Mm -hmm. The time, yeah, like right before that, just plays like a bam, and like that's it. <laughs> when they say hand, please put down your hand. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it sounds like there's really quiet acoustic guitar. And uh, yeah, that that comes back again later. Um, yeah. Um, I've outro. noted here at. 247 a baby cries i didn't know it's a fly a, a what <laughs> it's a, a 247 there's like buzzing that sounds like a fly and they kind of they use it yes i said mosquito but same thing yeah mosquito uh, yeah, yeah that's, and a that's bunch of these like better. rising different rising synths come in because this is like their outro thing this version is almost four minutes long it's a lot yeah. longer um so once they get to the end it's just like a ton of these like textury sounds just doing stuff. Yeah. Um, and then that sort of cuts down, and then they get to the vocals, and then that digitally kind of bouncy synth. Yeah. And then, in the very end, like, suddenly introduce, I think, a tape hiss, but it also kind of sounds like when you just drop a needle on a record. I'm not sure oh, which yeah, one it's supposed, it's supposed to be. I think it's supposed to be a record because it, this song ends on a record scratch. It's a record scratch. Okay. Yeah, that's my understanding. Yeah. And then, like, the vocals go lo-fi suddenly, and then just, like, repeat, I'll be your mirror. Yeah, so, like, first the instruments fade out, and then the, uh, yeah, the vocals are just there, then they, that record scratch comes into effect with that record, record ambiance, then the, the switch to the lo-fi, then the record scratch at the end. Fun fact about the original Velvet Underground and Nico album, Andy Warhol wanted them to put an intentional scratch oh, right. during this song, I'll Be Your Mirror, so that it would just repeat that line, I'll Be Your Mirror, until the you know the listener manually moved the needle. <laughs> um, the, I have, um, what's it called? Jack White album, um, Lazaretto. Oh, uh, Lazaretto. On vinyl. And it has like a, a groove at the end that locks, so it just repeats. It's not in a song, it like plays the sounds of crows calling mm. just forever. Also, one of the sides plays backwards, uh, plays from the inside out, so they have to put the lock on so it, the, your needle doesn't just fall off the end. 
<laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. Anyway. That, that's fun. Um, here's something that we're going to talk about, Alex. It sounds like Adam in 2015. Sounds just like Adam. Who is sounds who is sounds like Adam? He's a guy. He's a guy from the UK, uh South Coast based. He says he does power pop punk rock. Uh also some dude named Dean Sholey is on this. He could be fucking anyone. Yeah, I couldn't I couldn't find any info on Dean Sholey. Yeah. It was like every Facebook profile was like a fifty year old dude. <laughs> With like a biker tat. Yeah, there were. It's just a name. Like, there's a couple people with this (laughs) name. Um, Adam apparently has entered and done fairly well, but not won songwriting contests in the Mm -hmm. UK. So, and his music has maybe been also on TV shows. Maybe. What was it at pivotal moments? Uh, He didn't say. So I guess not. Not good enough. Sorry, Adam. Not good enough. Fucking Adam. Uh, but yes, this is more. This is more of like a power pop feel than anything. Yeah. This is definitely that like it reminded me a bit of when we were talking about power pop when we were talking about Stacy's mom. Hmm. Maybe. Feels more maybe just because of the synthesizer. Maybe that's what it was. Uh comes in with it like this drum fill. And then right into the riff on the synthesizer. And it's really playing the guitar part as this very distinctive riff mm-hmm. uh, on the synthesizer with a little bit of like slide between the notes, portamento. Yeah, that, that synthesizer is hyped up. It almost reminds me more of like Tiffany. Uh, I think we're alone now. Yeah, I guess so. Definitely has that sound to it. Yeah. Oh, you're right, though. This is your power pop. Um, his vocals are particularly auto-tuned. Uh, I've written upsettingly so. Yeah, and I think fairly compressed as well, which is that kind of like yeah. pop punk thing to do. Uh, compress them. Oh, I suppose so. But, yeah, whatever other effects. I don't know if it's auto-tuned specifically, but you can definitely like hear the effects on it. Yeah, it's definitely heavily processed. Yeah. Um, in a way that I wouldn't want to happen to myself. Yeah, so we get these big drums, big synth, and then his... Uh, his vocals, uh, some power chord driving rhythm, um, which turns into more of a, just a driving distorted guitar, less muted. Yeah, I kind of did like that. Like it's goes to the chorus and then it doesn't like the guitar is not muted anymore, and then it goes back to the chorus and they start muted muting it, muting yeah. it. Um, so when they do the transition, does it sound? Like, it's kind of got that already. But this one, when they do it, sounds more like the guitar from You You Really Got Me. Oh, You Really Got Me. Yeah. Yeah. It sort of already did, but the way they play it sounds more like that. This is where I noticed it. Yeah. And, it's, and it is really trying to ape some more, like, I don't know, like, arena rock with the style it plays that section in with the heavy drums and stuff. Yeah, I guess That's so. the section where you'd be like, are you fucking ready? And then you play more I'll Be Your Mirror. <laughs> I'll be your mirror. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we, we start getting more wild in the second verse. The guitar is cutting loose after this aggressive slide down from the, uh, 
the the transition riff. Yeah, the drums and bass also pick up in the second verse, and and it also reminded me of something. I'm not exactly sure what. What I landed on was "You Can't Hurry Love," but I there's something, there's a sound there in that second verse, and I feel like the drums yeah. are the sound something. Uh, I don't know if it's "You Can't Hurry Love," yeah. but it is a sound. Something. The way they play, like the the muted guitar and the like, like the bass. Ah. I just can't put my finger on it. Let us yeah. know if you can tell, because I can't. Yeah. Um. One thing to note on the chorus that I forgot to bring up. Oh. Uh, he says, "Bent inside, you're twisted and unkind." <laughs> well, that I guess bent inside, like semicolon. I guess. Yeah, I guess. It's awkward. It's awkward and unnecessary. Yeah. I would argue. That's that's your move to try and make this your song. It was a bad move. You should reconsider it. Along with, I'm going to be honest with you, most of the parts of this song, particularly the part of this song, <laughs> the next that's part a Beatles song. <laughs> becomes Here Comes the Sun for a bit. After yeah. the chorus. Um, just for a while. For like Yeah, so at about 140 it pops seconds. in there. Yeah, and he does like the first verse. There's a xylophone in this segment. Is there? Yeah. Yeah, I guess the way they do the transition is like the synth just transitions into the Here Comes the Sun riff. Or yeah. And then he starts to sing it. Um, and then when... I didn't notice the xylophone, though. It's there. It. It's in the left side of the speakers. Uh, it's not too pronounced, but it is. It oh, is it's there. quiet. I just noticed it now. Yeah. That's very quiet. I didn't notice it at all. Uh, yeah. I just caught it on this listen here. Yeah. So. Wow. Yeah, over those, like, w- quite a bit louder distorted guitars. Hard to notice. Yeah. But it's there. Um, and then when it goes back into the into the chorus... Of of I'll be your mirror, it like slows it's like a way breakdown down. version. Yeah, it like breaks yeah. it down and just like plays piano instead. Fairly full sounding piano. Yeah. And then in the second half of that chorus, it goes back into what they were playing before. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't like this version. <laughs> the sound is like not amazing. I think. And going into Here Comes the Sun doesn't totally make sense to me. Yeah. Is it because they say sunset in the original? Which is not really the same. Which, again, is a misinterpretation of what I think that line is about. Yeah, I guess Here Comes the Sun is about there will be better times. And this song is more about, like, actually, you're not a bad person. So, I think, based on my understanding right now, it's it's a bit of a stretch. Yeah, just a touch. Unless it's like, they have the same chord progression, in which case, oh, well. Yeah. Maybe Ugh. it's one of those things where you just like, because I've never heard Here Comes the Sun in I'll Be Your Mirror. I wonder if the way they yeah. were playing it, they were like, hey, it kind of sounds like the song, let's add it in. Maybe. Tell you what this sounds like to me though. Hot garbage, Alex. Um does a big outro. 
does the singing the the synth is going buck wild they do a, a big long hold note at the end yeah and then it's out baby yeah and yeah they they've got the the lines i'll be your mirror reflect what you are mm-hmm. both being sung yeah yeah it's over it's over let's talk about swan swan 2016 i'll be your mirror reflect what you are in case you don't know i'll be the wind the rain and the sunset the light on your door to show that you're home swan i wasn't totally sure who swan was it's a french musician it's not the swan london yeah i knew it was french yeah but so she has like one swan, album out. there's a lot of things called swan like there's a company swan. yeah she's like the first facebook page that pops up because oh, okay. it talks about her first album never ending uh, um, never ending that's a long yeah. album <laughs> yeah it's, it's somehow only 16 tracks wow um yeah but so this is a single she released in 2016 um, or at least the B-side to that single, because the single is Black Lights, and she released this cover of I'll Be Your Mirror. And let me tell you this, we get some guitar. We do. Um, kind of electric guitar sounding, and there's another sound, it's like these really like strained single notes. Yeah. Like bit crush kind of thing going on. Yeah, that's the vibe. Yeah. And she does some humming in the intro. Mm. Some yeah, and then once her vocals come in, um, she's also got kind of like a lower voice, similar to Nico. Yeah. So, kind of, I don't know. That's a parallel between the two. Yeah, uh, I heard this and I was like, oh, this is a bit Nico-ish. Like, yeah. I agree with you. I was like, okay. Um, more of like a pleasant voice. But what we get on this is a double track on certain lines of this like backup choir. Sure. Indeed. Um, that's sort of the big thing. Yeah, the little thing. Mm-hmm. This kind of there's like a rumble sound underneath everything, like a low rumble. Yeah. Um, I don't know ex- exactly what it is, but it's kind of consistent. Maybe it's just like part of the the drums, like the rhythm, the bass, the drums. Yeah, but it maybe. kind of persists it's... throughout. This this uh, this song does have a bit of a cinematic feel to it. I found, so maybe that's part of that that rumble is there to provide some of that presence. Oh, maybe. All I can tell you is it's there. Yeah, and we get some like uh, she double tracks on certain points. Um, I I noted handbells at some point or something sort of chimey. Yeah, they get some chimey sounds. I don't know exactly what they are. Could just be synthesizers. There's also time, like, when she gets her own backup vocals, there's, like, a lot of layers. Yeah. Of just her. A bunch. Mm-hmm. And then when she gets into that chorus, you get guitar arpeggios and, of course, a bunch of those backup vocals. And then yeah. right at the end, she, like, just, it's just, like, silence. Or, like, no transition riff. Like yeah. The, there's space for it, but they just don't do it. So, like, if you are expecting it, it's very... There's just a... Yeah. 
Yeah, they just there's, let, a, like, there's a, just a there's very there's just a yeah. That's all I'm saying. No, you, you're expecting it. and You kind of like want it to be there, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's it is missing. It's certainly. Yeah. I don't think the the emptiness was. Well, good I think enough. it's done on purpose, you know. So you yeah, anticipate oh, it, and then it's not there. Maybe. And you're like, oh, where would it go? Nowhere. Where did it go? It's not there. But you know, it is there in the second verse, string section. Strings, yes. Yes, playing like quarter notes. There's also like a like drum swells. That's when you were saying the like cinematic sound before. Yeah, it's that it really like drum swell to, to cymbal crash. Verse. Like yeah. yeah, yeah. That's that's like trailer music. <laughs> and then the strings later on start to do like a rising, slow rise, which yeah. For these slow songs, I mean, we've heard it several times already today. It's here as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, and on that on that second chorus, they do the same uh, emptiness, and it it does sound very intentional on that one. I would say more so than the the first time around. The second chorus has another interesting moment. Mm-hmm. Um, there's like one chord they change on the show that you are blind line, so like one forty five. The chord okay. is different, and is again knowing the song as well as I do, suddenly. Changing a small thing is very like. Whoa, yeah, what's you going can hear on? that. Yeah, it just goes. It goes down. It go yeah, down. It's like a. I think. I think it's a must be minor. I. I'm not like that good with ear training, all the time <laughs> or anything. But that's what it sounds like. But yeah, me. you're right. It is notably different from the original yeah. in that. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, and then we get into the outro at about the two minute mark. We've got, of course, a minute and thirty seconds left. Uh, it's the choir doing the, the I'll Be Your Mirror part. Uh, 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 uh. Yeah, quite a bit of like intensity build here. Like The strings really pick up. Um, yeah, like textbook cinematic too, right? The dun, 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 yeah, exactly. <laughs> and uh, and like electric guitar chord. Chords. Yeah, crazy? and she when she Where starts singing the lead part, she combines the two parts. She says, I'll be your mirror and reflect. Pause what you are. I don't know exactly Instead of treating what that them means. As two distinct segments. It's just, just a different parsing of it. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. It's all the same words. It's all the same words. It's changing the spacing. Yeah. Um. um but it really builds like tracks. it's real, like total cacophony by the end, and then like yeah, does a quick like fade down, like power down, fade out. Yeah, because we stopped the vocals at about 3.15, and then we've still got 20 seconds to distort and get some digital mm-hmm. noise in there. Yeah, so then what it does at the very end, once everything kind of fades, really all that's left is, it's like a sample and hold sound uh, of, like, just noise. Just like... Yeah. So, this one sounds like it could play at a pivotal moment in a TV show. This, I, I mean, I prefer this to play at a pivotal moment in my TV show. Yeah, I, I would think so. Personally. Um, this is another one that did the slow build thing, mm-hmm. which a lot of them did. Um, I'm going to compare it with Shakespeare's sister because that's kind of what they did. Did they do that? Is that the right one? I Kind of. Shakespeare's sister is... Is the most insane one on this list. Yeah, like, this it, one. This one feels more like conventional, and like all the parts, kind of in isolation, feel pleasant for the most part. Yeah. 
I mean, like, some of it in that build, like, the strings felt like, I was like, okay, yeah. I, I know what you want me to feel from this, so I, I felt a little, like, nonplussed by it. I was like, okay, fine. Sure. Yeah. But, like, but it's, I, I think it's solid, it still I think. Fit. Yeah. Yeah, I thought, it, I thought it was a fairly good composition. I thought, it was, uh, I thought her voice was good. I could have maybe, I think we maybe could have held off on the the backup vocals until the second verse, like, do the first one just straight. Right. Because I think she has a better voice or more interesting than what she's doing in those backup sections. Yeah, especially when, like, because the backup sections get layered, like, a million times. We mm-hmm. lose a lot of that identity. Yeah, so, so we could have maybe yeah. delayed those Held and had off a better result. A yeah. But yeah, I thought this Probably one was right. pretty good. Um, Let's talk about Lowland Hum 2018. I'll be your mirror, reflect what you are. In case you don't know, I'll be the wind, the rain and the sunset, the light in your door. My first note, oh thank god, a sweet indie darling acoustic version. I know, right? Daniel and Lauren Gones, they're from Charlottesville, Virginia, I believe. Sure, I believe that. Um, Yeah, it is, uh, it's, it's acoustic, you got the ladies singing, sometimes the dude comes in. Comes in on the yeah. chorus, they sing together. Um, in their description on Spotify, they brag about how quiet they are. Lowland Hum is making music that is decidedly quiet in the midst of our culture's present noisiness. Which seems like a bit of a forced, like, m- metaphor or whatever you want to call it. Like a forced turn of phrase. It's not punk rock music that is contributing to, to noisiness and culture. These are two different noisinesses we're talking about. Yeah, like cultural noisiness, I would think, is more of like... Yeah, and then You're just being a lot of stuff, just... so you're contributing to the noise just by existing. Yeah. You can't just be like, oh, at least we're quiet about being here. No. Yeah, plus like the the acoustic, slow acoustic quiet cover is like extremely common. We have talked about so many of these. Oh, yeah. And it yeah. really is that. Yeah, right? to the point like, where, like, I mean, we can say that, and we can pretty much be done talking about this one, because it's all it is. Yeah, I mean, the only thing that's kind of of note is, like, there's this synthesizer that plays the chord pattern that's yeah, not specifically an acoustic guitar. Yeah. Which might, it's like really low too. It might be an electric piano because later on in the outro it sounds much more like an electric piano. Okay. But I don't know. I'd buy that. And then like, even in the, the outro is like where they build. They had some drums and like a shaker. Yeah. For a bit. Uh, but other than that, and, it's and like. And like big backup acoustic. vocals on that too. Reflect what you are. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. Other than that, it's like picked acoustic guitar. And, like, two people singing, sometimes one person singing. Yeah. And, Like, like you find this on a compilation CD of, like, songs you can play in your shitty cafe. (laughs) Hey, your cafe is a piece of shit. Play our music. (laughs) Play our music. Fuck you. It's a very aggressive compilation CD. $5.99. Fuck you, idiot. Buy this trash music. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Yeah. I didn't get much out of this one. No, yeah, it was uh, a flat ending to what's been a, a fairly varied set of covers this week. Yeah. Okay. One other thing to mention: second sure. chorus, 
Same as the forest. Same as the forest. No, because like first chorus is like Lauren starts to sing, then Daniel joins in, and then later on yeah. in the second chorus, Lauren gets like a bunch of extra tracks of mm-hmm. her own voice. I think Daniel might as well, but they're closer together, and it's harder to tell. That's the like right. only thing I wanted to say about this version. Right, that's fair. And now, now we can say we've done our duty with these guys. Let's talk about our final categories, Alex. The worst version, the best version. And the version that you would play during a pivotal moment in a you TV would play series. in your shitty cafe, huh? <laughs> <laughs> pivotal moment. I was moment. gonna do the version you'd play in a hall of mirrors, but I don't know about that one. There's um, a hall of mirrors in um, that movie that I'm thinking of. Um, fuck, you'd think I'd remember these things before I say them. Who's who's in the movie? Hang on just a sec. John Wick. Labyrinth. John uh, Wick. Hey, yeah. John, I think that's John Wick 2, isn't it? Yeah, I think it's John Wick 2. It is John Wick 2. Yeah. Um, I don't know what song plays in that. But it doesn't sound like any of these ones. No, it's we'll go with... Uh, yeah, let's go with that. Let's go with the Hall of Mirrors. It's much more universal, because if we do the, the pivotal TV moment, there's really only two. Um, <laughs> Alex, worst version of this. Worst version. Hmm. What is the worst version? I think it's got to be... Nope, that's the wrong one. Hang on, I lost it. Um, Am Am and Julia. That one's really bad. Is it Am? That's my initials. Alex Mildenberg. Is this you? Hmm. <laughs> I do like Bossa Nova sometimes. Do you know Julia? Are you an American songwriter, musician, and composer? I obviously can't talk about that. God, what a reveal that would be. Over a hundred <laughs> episodes in, and over many years of our friendship, <laughs> like... you revealed me now. <laughs> That you're some shit musician. <laughs> yeah, so you've deeply cut me. Uh, <laughs> but this is my life's work. Uh, yeah, I'm a moderately successful musician. No, it's the worst version of this song, and I didn't perform it. That's right. I'm not even a moderately successful musician. No, just a not even moderately successful music critic. I'm just a guy who sometimes plays music casually. That's right, and baby. And listens to it regularly. And talks about it also regularly. Regularly. And records that's it. That's a good pick, Alex. For your ears. For your ears only. Um, That's a good pick, Alex. I like that pick. Yeah. I gotta give it to Sounds Like Adam. That was. I thought you the, might. The, the, yeah, I was, I was very upset when we talked about it during this episode, <laughs> and I still am. It's very bad. And adding in fucking Here Comes the Sun... What? Oh, I forgot no. to say why I didn't like my version. No, you finish first. Uh, yeah, that's that's all I got. It was bad. Okay. We all know why yeah. I think it was bad. The, the synth was too much. Adding in a second song unnecessarily was bad. Um, I didn't like the way he sang the end of the chorus. Or he'd be like, yeah. <laughs> kind of go up and down like that. I don't like that. Alex, why didn't you like Yeah, um, nothing new. Just to summarize, it's boring bossa nova. Uh, and like Bossa Nova's pretty low key, you know, and laid back, and that's cool. But like, this is just not a good version of that. Yeah, I mean, there's something there, right? The the original version's guitar is sort of laid back but interesting. Yeah, I think like <laughs> for some reason I thought there was another Bossa Nova version of this. Um, there there's a good Bossa Nova cover of this song. If it doesn't exist, it could exist. But this isn't mm-hmm. it. This isn't it. Um, with that, let's let's flip it. Let's talk positive. Best version of this, Alex. Best version. What was the best version? Let me just go through in my brain a little bit. 
yeah, just uh, mull it over. I did like the Shakespeare sister version, but I also mm-hmm. kind of liked the underground lovers version. For some reason, the ones that use like the harsh sounds. Yeah, use almost some like Velvet Underground signatures, but in a different light on this song. Perhaps, perhaps. I think I'm gonna give it to Underground Lovers. Yeah. 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 I- I'll admit this is one I'm a little less certain about than some. Um, yeah. But uh, it's a lot more distorted sound, and uh, I forget. I don't know. I don't have for the right words. <laughs> yeah, it's it's got a good like drone. I don't know. It's it's yeah, it's a good version. I agree with you on Underground Lovers. I think I might give it to Clem Snide. Clem Snide. Yeah, I thought it was like a I mean, it hit on the tenderness. Um I thought the tone of his voice and the the tone of the instruments was right on. Um the the violin solo was not unwelcome at the end of the piece. It's true. It's pro- it's not the most exciting. The most exciting one is probably Shakespeare's sister or Underground Lovers because they're they're crazy. But I think in touching at the heart of the song, which is uh, being a beautiful love song, I think that hits closer to that mark than any other version here does. Yeah, and that's my two cents. Feels softer. Can I switch mine? I like Shakespeare's sure. sister better. I think. <laughs> I yeah, I think that's the better choice. Uh, I'll be real with you. I think. Yeah, I I was going between, and then uh, I flip flopped. But I think that's the one. There's a lot of like wacky cacophony and sounds happening, but they keep it low key for the most part, and then kind of builds. And uh, there's a lot of sounds. Yeah. And isn't that what um, music is? Sounds. That's what I've been told, Alex. More that's sounds. What music is. More music. More music. Come on, that's just that's more bang for your buck. Um. Yeah, Alex. Third category. Yeah, it's the most the economical version. Yeah. <laughs> With or without John Wick in it, what 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 Hall of Mirrors? would have which version of this song playing? Was that the best way to phrase that question? I don't know. Which of these is in your Carnival Funhouse Hall of Mirrors? Hmm. Because mine's Shakespeare's sister, because it is cacophonous and strange and unsettling in many ways. But also just pretty good, so I'm making it the wild card pick. Um, let's see. I feel like, so, I don't know about my Hall of Mirrors, but, like, public Hall of Mirrors, I feel like the cheapest one probably like you could get the sounds like adam version without having like it wouldn't be very expensive i feel like if i was in a hall of mirrors that's what i would be hearing it's like a carnival and they're like we want people to be amped and we don't want to buy the pay the money for the original version i don't know how much it would actually cost because it's velvet underground but like it's velvet underground probably a, a big price on that at least twenty dollars. I'm expecting sounds. That's what I think. I think it sounds like Adam is the one. <laughs> sounds like oh God. I would hate that carnival. And that it would like inspire you to get out of the Hall of Mirrors. Yeah, I'd be such a panic in there. <laughs> <laughs> Let me out. Um. Yeah, that's our picks for this week. If you got different opinions, similar opinions, or want to talk to us about a version we didn't talk about, of which there are still many, um, including one. Now, now I'm, I don't know why I'm bringing this up, but it was, I couldn't find it. She was. She didn't make it available to me on uh on canadian spotify it was upsetting her name is get ready for this that's right i'm I'm shaming her on 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 air baby <laughs> and also just uh you know Chan- it? it's mariel m-a-r-i-e-l mariel 
She covered it in 1999, and she refuses to let me listen to it. So, Mario, Mario, if you want to tell us about it, though, um, you let us know. Let us know. Hashtag Cover Me Pod on Twitter at Jake the Cressy at some Alex Wise Guy. Um, you can also email us at CoverMePod at gmail.com. Send us your comments, questions, concerns, uh, just just general vibes. Send us vibes, and that's not short for vibrators. Uh, be sure to rate and review us. We're on Spotify. We're on Stitcher. We're on Google Podcasts. We're on Apple Podcasts, where they actually accept reviews. Um, and we're on Pod'em Up. Pod'em Up. That's a real podcast app. Pod-tato. Alex. Podtato. Another. Not a real golden, podcast not, not a real one. Alex, it's time for a bonus segment in which I ask you a question that I've prepared ahead of time. Alex, yes. What's uh, what are your thoughts on this this month of of lover me? Of lover me? Yeah. Uh, well, I said before that uh, it's a bit of a thin concept. That said, it's kind of fun to actually focus on to have a focus of any sort, really, even if it's just love songs. Um, and sometimes I think when we come up with uh, songs that can be a, a desire to maybe try to find something that's a little more complex, mm-hmm. something to dig into. We don't always get it, uh, but at least that's that's how we approach it. But when we have a theme like this, it's kind of a license to just pick something we might not otherwise do, or inspires us to think of things that we want to do but just don't think of. Like uh, like yeah. this song, I'll be your mirror. Like when you suggested it, I was immediately like, "Oh yeah, of course!" Like why wouldn't we do this? We love this song, but yeah, it seems so obvious. But we just like, didn't think it of it. Only by chance that I thought of it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah but, ah, I think it's I think it's been a good month. Like like you said, a lot of simplicity though in in the songs we picked this month. True, and um, some of the best love songs, like just straight love songs, have that. A lot of them do. Yeah. Oh shit. Nope, never mind. Oh, shit. I just got a notification. <laughs> it's all good. Yeah. Okay. About good. something I did. It was <laughs> something you did. Did a year ago. Yeah. Um. They say I know what you did last winter. No, I I set a reminder so I remembered that uh, one year ago we actually could go outside and have public events. That was fun. Oh, wow. Anyway, sorry. Derailed, okay. derailed this. What? Do you, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a, a poorly planned out segment. Don't worry about it, Alex. Here's the question: This year's lineup of of love songs versus last year's. Um. So last year we had, of course, Heroes by David Bowie. Right. I want to know what love is by Foreigner. Mm-hmm. We had um the Talking Heads. This must be the place, and a a fourth song. Um. Yeah, hang on. Uh, if so you could read my mind. We did If You Could Read yes! My Mind. Right. Um, which was when we realized it was actually about divorce. <laughs> yeah. But we kind of did the same thing this year because we did uh, um, You're Beautiful, which is like about not meeting someone, right? Like, <laughs> Yeah, it's like un- unfulfilled and unrequited love, potentially. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, this year was a lot more interest well i liked the songs last year mm-hmm. they were we did some like prime love songs and i think 
um, like Heroes is like one of the great love songs that is doesn't always seem like it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, that like masquerades as not a straight love song. Um, but this year, like Whole Wide World, I did not know that song going in. And Ring of Fire, I did know that song, but wouldn't necessarily be one be the first thing I would think of to do. Um, You're Beautiful, again, same idea, like song that I've heard a million times, but wouldn't necessarily think of. And uh, like I said before, I'll Be Your Mirror. Song we both love, but wouldn't think. So this year compared to last year went a little more obscure in my like brain space. Um, But both I think were pretty cool. I mean, yeah. yeah. (laughs) But but they're a little less obvious, I think, this. Except for uh, Ring of Fire. But yeah, a little less obvious in my mind this year. And that was cool. Well, yeah. I, I think yeah I think I think we've delivered on the concept of Love or Me two years in a row, and and all of these songs should be on your kids' Valentine's playlists because we all have those right. Yeah, Valentine's Day playlist. Except, except maybe uh, you could read my mind. It's a good song. Yeah, you could. <laughs> but like, <laughs> D- depending on what you're doing on Valentine's Day, you could maybe include that one. That one's optional. Yeah. Valentine's Day playlist is just songs I like, not even just love songs. Yeah, just listening to songs on Valentine's Day. That's yeah. That's what Valentine's Day is all about. Next year we should just do songs about the color red. Hey, there's at least one of those. (laughs) There's gotta be right. I can't think of it. There's gotta be more than one. Red Uh, Red Money by David Bowie. Oh yeah, Red Wine. Um, children's shows have got to have a ton of songs about red. We could probably (laughs) find a Sesame Street banger. We could, I'm sure. Um, that's been our episode. If you want to tell us about how you feel about Love or Me, hit us up, hashtag Love or Me. That's surely not anything else on Twitter. Um, that's the end of our episode. And as we always say on Love or Me, I'll be the wind, the rain, and the sunset, the light on your phone to show you cover me.